Hello, everyone. Welcome to this latest episode of the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the head of content at B2B Marketing and Propolis, which is the global community for B2B marketers. And I'm joined today by Sarah Kmet Hunt, who is the executive creative director at marketing agency Beda Rutter. So, Sarah, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, how, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's okay. Absolutely fantastic. So um, before we get into the big stuff, can you tell us a little bit just about yourself um, and your career in B2B marketing to date, how you got started, you know, how you got to where you are today? Certainly. Well, I've been in advertising and marketing for about 28 years now. Um, I started as an art director and I actually started on the consumer side of things. So I worked heavily in consumer electronics music. And then I made the leap to Beta Rudder and to um, the B2B side of things. I just found it a really um, wonderful challenge. I loved the idea of taking that thinking of making really human connections that, you know, I, I learned on the, um, on the B2C side of things and bringing that to the B2B world. Um, so since then, I've made the leap from um, art director to creative director and now executive creative director, um, leading leading teams across the agency. Fantastic. So today I want to talk to you about um, uh, Beta Rutter's direct positive campaign, uh, which recently won gold for best purpose-led initiative at the B2B Marketing Elevation Awards in Chicago. Um, so just to kind of give everyone a bit of context and help us understand what we're talking about exactly today. Can you tell me a bit about the client and what you're actually trying to achieve in the first place? Sure. Yeah. So um, this was work done for Tempo. Um, so Tempo is a 45-year-old organization that's devoted to furthering the impact of women in leadership roles. And they first came to us um, asking for us to update their brand. So they wanted to be able to connect with uh, the new upcoming generation of women leaders. Um, and, you know, they're a very elite organization, but they wanted to make sure that they weren't seen as elitist. So mm. they wanted to, you know, make sure that they were connecting to a really diverse audience. And as we got to know them, um, we were really struck by all of the women's stories and all of the amazing mentorship that was going on in the space. And the first thing that that occurred to us is that, um, you know, so... At, I'm a woman at the executive level, and I wasn't actually aware of the Temple organization until they came to us as a client. So it seemed like there was a lot of potential to really make these women's stories more visible to a larger audience. So as we started thinking about that, you know, we, we worked with them on the rebrand, but we had the idea of working with a tin type artist. And the idea kind of started as almost an art idea that we were go going to do on a local level, um, working with tin type artist, Margaret Musa. And the interesting thing about tin type is that it's a type of photography that was ironically popular before American women actually had the right to vote. Um, and it's kind of a, a unique uh, medium in that there's no negative. So everything is done in camera onto a tin plate. So there are no Photoshop filters. It's a very authentic portrait. And we liked kind of that concept of 
capturing these authentic portraits of women leaders that weren't filtered or anything. Um, but that kind of contrast with it being such an old form of photography and thinking about how far women have come since that point. And that led to um, the idea of, hey, as we're photographing these women, let's actually capture their stories because their stories are so amazing. And as we did that, our first thought was to do short films, um, you know, maybe showcasing some of the different women and having them talk about tempo. Um, but then we really realized, hey, we've got something special here as we're weaving these stories together. We think that we actually have a film. So that led us to pitch the idea of doing a full, um, it's about a 22 minute long documentary film. Um, and we pitched that idea to the Tempo group and also thought about the fact that, you know, we could get broader exposure and bring it to actual film festivals and, and you know, even push outside the usual channels that Tempo is talking to. Fantastic. So it sounds like a really creative project, first and foremost. Um, I know that a lot of marketers out there would love to do more of this kind of stuff, but sometimes it's quite hard to get that, um, that buy-in from the board. They might say, yeah, it sounds amazing, but where are we sort of getting the return for creating this incredible 22 minute film that you speak about? So from that point of view, what, what did success look like in this campaign? Do you think? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the interesting thing is that as we got out into the film festival circuit, we kind of had a captive audience, you know, it can be hard to put that 22 minute content out there and, and get people's attention. But we had an audience that was very primed to, to watch a full length film. And in doing that, we created a lot of press within the, the industry. And that's something that, you know, you might say, okay, what are, what are the tangible returns of putting a film out there? Well, it really opened doors for Tempo as we got press in business magazines, in local magazines, and also national magazines as well. Um, and actually, it created huge opportunities for Tempo to um, take the film to private companies, too, and do private screenings as part of their uh, DEI programs as well. So it mm -hmm. it created a lot of, of connections with companies that maybe wouldn't have had exposure to Tempo otherwise. Fantastic. So Rightly and wrongly, I think we often hear about people's attention spans um, starting to shrink. And there's some debate whether that's that's true or not. I mean, some people say, oh, if it, you haven't grabbed them in the first four seconds and uh, forget about it. Um, but then other people say, well, you know, people are listening to five, six hour podcasts sometimes. So maybe the opposite is true. I'm not here to uh, to be a, an amateur psychologist. Um, but was that something you considered when you were doing this? You know, because it's you're creating a, a full-length film sounds like a big ask of your audience. So was that something that you kind of considered in the process? Yeah, we definitely did consider that. Um, and that's actually what led us to think about, okay, if we're going to create this, let's pitch it on the film festival circuit and get it seen there because they're I, I think it's all about, you know, people being in the right mindset to receive the content. You know, if you're mm -hmm. out on social media and you're scrolling, well, of course, you're not going to uh, be primed to, to stop and watch a 22 minute film. But that's where, you know, we put teasers out on social media or little clips and quotes from the women and sneak peeks at the um the beautiful tintype photography, but then at that film festival level, you have people who are, are 
you know, they're coming in expecting to see that 22 minute film. And I think there's also something powerful in the fact that there's so much short content out there and we couldn't have gotten the whole story across in short little bursts. You really kind of need, you know, the full impact of, of seeing these women's stories woven together with the artist's backstory on, on the medium. Um, so, you know, there is, there is something really impactful in, in the right space, creating that, that bigger message to, to kind of break through the clutter of all of those, those kind of short, short bursts of content that we're just hit with day in, day out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I imagine, I mean, you know, one of the things we always hear Mark is saying is it's so hard just to actually cut through the amount of noise out there at the minute, because obviously the whole world is connected now via the internet um, and creating something that stands out is, is a real challenge, but it sounds like you've done that and must be something you're, you're really proud of as a creative director. Yeah. I think um, this, uh, this ranks right up there as one of the projects that um, I think our whole team takes the most pride in just because it did, it broke through the clutter, but we've also heard um, a lot of, of people have approached us to say how much of an impact the work has had on them personally too. Fantastic. So speaking of feedback, um, sounds like, you know, the, the people watching it have given some great feedback. What about Tempo themselves? What sort of feedback have they given you following the um, the award-winning project? They've been really thrilled with the project. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it's opened a lot of doors for them and, and given them even deeper credibility um, to uh, connect with companies, to do screenings of the film, to do um, deeper work um, on, you know, on their core mission of uh, furthering women in leadership roles. Um, they also saw a 23% increase in membership since the film was released too. Um, so that's, that's kind of that next generation of emerging women leaders who are, you know, excited about what Tempo is doing and, and connecting with them too. Mm. Do you think as well that creating a project such as this, which is obviously super creative and, and super different, basically. Um, do you think that it's really making the case for more of that kind of creativity in B2B marketing? Because I think, you know, traditionally we used to say, oh, B2C does all the fun stuff and B2B's slightly on the drier side. I don't think that's true anymore. I do I do think we've finally sort of crossed that barrier where B2B's doing some really interesting stuff. But it does also feel to me like there's still a lot of scope to do more and more creative stuff like this. Because as this project's shown, the appetite is clearly there. Definitely. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, when you think about making that, that human emotional connection, um, there's huge opportunity to do that in the B2B space. You know, when you think about um, people's lives at work, I mean, their lives at work encompass a huge portion of their lives overall. And they're still showing up as, you know, human beings that that like to be um, entertained and that want to be um, connected with. And I think that people more and more expect that same sort of um, interesting content and connection that they see, you know, in the rest of their life in the, the B2C world too. Yeah, exactly. So on a practical level, um, you know, we've spoken about the, the creation of the film and, and the sort of great feedback that's had both from uh, clients and also from the um, your own client, Tempo. Um, in terms of where that sat in the overall marketing campaign, uh, you know, what did that look like? How, how did it sort of tie in? What was the sort of pre-work leading up to the film and what was the journey throughout? 
Yeah. So as I mentioned, we started by helping them, um, helping Tempo with a rebrand and we repositioned them and came up with a um, new kind of theme line for them. The world moves when women rise um, and, you know, uh, came up with a new look and feel that really deeply was based on showcasing the women throughout the organization. Um, so this film really grew out of that same core essence and, and spirit and out of that same mission to, you know, make those those women visible and, and make their stories visible, too. So I think I think it was important that it was all connected and all came from the same space, that the film didn't feel like it was, you know, something that lived separately, but it very deeply comes from the brand core truths. Yeah. And on the subject of film, uh, it's funny, I've spoken to, I think, two, maybe three, I can't quite remember, but um, certainly two or three people over the last year or so who've done something similar in the sense that they've created a long um, sort of video project, in this case, obviously a film. Um, In another project, it was actually a sort of, it was a whole mockumentary TV series um, about accountancy firms, which was a really successful campaign and all their sort of viewers absolutely loved it. Do you think there's, um, there's still... Do you think film is a a big opportunity for marketers to really start working in? Or do you think really it's quite niche and it's it's not something that's really going to apply to most people? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. And again, I I feel like I've I've seen a lot of brands do it and it's not always successful. And I think, like I mentioned, ours came from a deep brand truth um, Mm. and it was an expression of that. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes if it's, if it's a film for the sake of doing a film or, you know, just the idea of content, because, well, we're a brand, we have to generate content. Um, then, you know, it's, it's probably not growing from a a space of authenticity Mm. to the brand's truth and to the brand's purpose. Um, so, so that's where I feel like it's most successful. If, if there's a real reason, you know, and a real purpose that's connected more deeply to the brand, to the core of the brand itself versus maybe being something that's a little bit more of a veneer idea, like, oh, let's do a film for, for a film's sake. Yeah, of course. Um, a question I'd like to ask, actually, because most of the time, the, the people I speak to on the podcast tend to be CMOs, marketing directors, heads of marketing. They all have the word marketing in the title, um, whereas obviously you are a creative director, which is sounds very exciting, and very interesting. Um, and what I like to understand is how do you like to work with marketers? Do you like to be given the freedom to be super creative and take the lead and then tell them how to how to work it or do you actually prefer to be quite clearly brief saying look Sarah this is what we're we're trying to do how can you help us deliver these results um well I mean I definitely work in in both spaces and and Mm. both can be great I have to admit my my dream project is something where you know a brand is coming to us and and in Tempo's case they were you know, it, it was kind of a wide open brief and their their mentality was the sky's the limit. They're a very collaborative group of people. And I love that sort of challenge because it really lets you, you know, push ideas out there. Um, but, you know, there there is always something to be said, too, for a brand coming with a very specific challenge and, and very specific 
you know, guardrails, um, because sometimes that almost forces uh, creativity in a very different way. When the, when the sky's the limit, the sky is the limit. But when you have a very practical problem to solve, sometimes it forces you to, to just completely think in a, in a different way too. So there's really not, not one right answer. I think it's more around that, that trust between the, the creative team, the creative director and the agency and the client too. And that ability to, you know, have really open dialogues, work to find audience truths together and maybe, you know, push a little bit at, at each other too. Yeah. I guess I, I think you use the word partnership in there and that's, I'm just imagining it. So I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, you definitely use the word trust at least. Is that mm-hmm. something that you think is super, super important when working with a client, that kind of collaborative space, as opposed to someone just sort of, you know, oh, well, we've paid for the project and then passing the buck over to you. Yeah, I, I think that that trust is so critical because when you think about it, you know, as as a brand and as a company, a lot of times doing something that's very different within the space, that's a huge leap of faith. Um, and as a creative director, you know, I understand that there's a lot on the line for the client. So I try to to come to that, you know, from maybe a space of, of empathy and trying to understand, okay, what are their challenges? Where are they coming from? Um, because it can be really hard to, you know, it can sometimes be hard for a client themselves to navigate maybe a large organization that they're within where they have to feel confident about the work that they're shepherding through. Um, and, and there can be a lot on the line for them too. So I think that that trust is, is so important and that idea of being able to have that, that really open dialogue and that, that collaboration is just so critical because otherwise, you know, you might really be inclined to, to play it very safe if you don't, trust mm. the hands that you're in at the agency if you're worried that they're gonna push you in a direction that might make you look foolish or or push you too far out on a limb yeah and it's it's funny that we even have to worry about that because agencies are obviously you know the place which attracts the best marketing talent right so it's almost it's almost strange that you wouldn't trust them i mean why would you go to an agency if you didn't know they were going to do a great job is is that something you get frustrated by or not really um, I mean, it it can definitely be frustrating. Yes, you would you would hope that that trust would just be inherent. You know, you picked us for the job. Um, you know, and it's easy to say we're the experts now. You know, just just trust us and just buy off on our ideas. Um, but you know, with with how much there is on the line and with just that fact that anything that's new, kind of uncharted territory can feel really frightening. You know, I think it is, it is so important for creatives to, to understand and to be able to see the point of view and and hear openly, you know, maybe any, any fears that the client might have and, and be able to talk those through and address them. Yeah. So I've got one final question for you, Sarah, and then I think we'll, we'll start to wrap things up. So this campaign, um, you know, as I mentioned at the very beginning, won gold for uh, best purpose-led initiative at the B two B Marketing Elevation Awards, um, which is you know fantastic. Congratulations, first and foremost. Um, but purpose can definitely be a bit of a buzzword in marketing, um, with you know a lot of marketers saying that it has to be the centre of absolutely everything you do. Um, but then others saying, oh, it doesn't really matter all that much. It's more about just hitting the P and L and so on. Um, so what are your thoughts on the whole concept of brand purpose? Is it something you think all marketers should be thinking about at all times? Or do you think it's really only worth considering, you know, when you're working with a business like Tempo, which has a really sort of clear 
um, you know, initiative behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I definitely think that it is something that all brands should be considering, especially now. I feel like, um, you know, and I think there are lots of, of studies out there citing this. Um, people expect the brands and the companies that they're working with to have a deeper purpose, to be socially responsible, to be thinking about their place in the world. Um, and, and they expect them to be telling those stories and, and communicating that. Um, so I think it's definitely something that, that all brands and companies should be thinking about and considering. I also feel like it, it has to come from a very authentic place that's very mm. true to who the brand actually is. It has to come from deep within the brand's DNA because also, you know, people are more and more sophisticated these days. If it's just kind of layered on as a veneer, I think people catch on to that very quickly and it can either be off-putting at worst or, you know, at best it can just feel like so much more noise in the marketplace as a lot of companies are showing up with, you know, uh, maybe campaigns where they give to a foundation um, and it's, it feels a little bit like, like a veneer, like, okay, here's what we're doing to check that box versus mm. something that's coming from deep within the the DNA of the company itself. Yeah, no, I can absolutely imagine that. And I guess as a, as an agency, you know, you're not work necessarily going to be working these clients forever. It might only be for a, a shorter spell, sometimes for a, a many years, of course. Do you find that's something that you have to almost find out about the client as soon as you get, get to work with them? You, you sort of go in, you go, right, tell me about yourself so you can create something together. Yes. Yeah. You definitely have to to dig deep into, you know, who the company is, what the company is doing, and also, you know, into their their audiences and, and how they're perceived by their audience too. Um, and then it can it can take a little while to build that ramp and that trust to help guide a brand to embrace that. I've I've found especially a lot of B2B brands are very humble. So they almost feel like, well, if we're telling that story, it feels like we're bragging, you know, it feels like we should just be doing these, these purpose led altruistic things out in the world. And sometimes it's hard to, to help brands see that, wait a second, there are ways that you can talk about this that don't, you know, don't feel like chest beating or like bragging. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, Sarah, I think that's a wonderful place to leave it. So um, thank you very much for joining me on the B2B Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. 